Well, for those of you who have tuned in for the first time in this series, this is number three in a series of messages in which we are trying to consider the obligation of every Christian, every Christian man, woman, and young person to be a counselor of his brother. We've been talking about the scriptural obligation to counsel one another. And we've been talking about also the fact that the Word of God, the Scriptures, are adequate to give us all we need to know to help another brother or sister out of sin. And we're going to focus on a passage this morning that will talk about the attitude that a Christian counselor must have in trying to help his brother or sister who is in sin. Now, as we begin, let's just think for a moment and make this very practical. Do you know of anybody right around you now, and the question's almost rhetorical, I'm sure, but uh, I'd like you to try to think of specific persons, if you will, but do you know of any Christian brothers or sisters at church or in your family or neighbor in your neighborhood or anywhere else who are really messed up, whose lives are all entangled and mixed up in a variety of sinful practices in which they are so enmeshed that they're really not able to help anybody else? you know of anybody like that? You think of some young person who's heading down the wrong pathway? You think of a husband and wife whose marriage is all fouled up, who are really not making it well at all? Can you think of two people in your church who are having a, a brawl, a feud, or maybe it's been a cold war over a long period of time, they don't even speak to one another? Can you think of problems among other Christians. Now, I'm not asking you that question in order that you might take your eyes off of yourself and forget your own sin, nor am I asking that question in such a way that uh, I'd want you to go sticking your nose into people's lives or into their business and prying around in ways in which the Bible has not authorized you. But I'm asking, are there open, open bleeding sores that you just can't miss are there situations where, uh, as you're walking down the road from Jerusalem to Jericho, from up in the mountains down into the uh, deep plain, and as you walk along the road, uh, you run into these situations? Do you know of any like that that you haven't been sticking your nose into people's business in order to find, but without trying to, to uh, look for anything at all, you've just run across these things in the course of ordinary life? You heard Joe say that nasty word to his wife, and uh, you heard her reply to him. Uh, just happened to overhear it. You, you just stumbled into the situation. You'd, you'd rather not have even gotten involved, but there you were. Well, I'm sure that there are many situations like that about which you are well aware. Maybe you haven't known what to do. Maybe you've liked to do something about it. Perhaps you've even prayed about it, but perhaps you wanted to do something more. Well, this passage in Galatians 6, 1 and 2 tells you that you must bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. This is his law. He says you've got to learn to take on another brother or sister, carry that burden, take them on as your project, that you're obligated to do something about this when you run into a situation of this sort. When God places a person in your pathway and God brings you along that road from Jerusalem to Jericho, and there lies the man on the road who is crushed under some burden of sin. 
then you're obligated to do something about it. You can't walk on the other side like the priest and the Levite. No, listen to what he says in verse 1. If a man is caught in any trespass, now we're not talking about people who are getting out of their problems on their own, but here's somebody who just somehow or other can't seem to extricate himself from his problems. So here he is caught in some trespass, some sin, and he doesn't seem to be getting out of it at all. All right, what do you do when you run into that situation in the providence of God? When you run into this person whom God himself has placed in your pathway for a purpose? Well, here's what you're to do. Here's the purpose. You who are spiritual, and we saw last time or two times before, that means those who have the Spirit of God, those who are real believers, and we're not therefore to send uh, Christians to unbelieving psychiatrists or psychologists and so on. Indeed, you're not even to send these people to someone else. You yourself, he says, God has placed that person in your pathway. You who have the Spirit, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, looking to yourself, lest you too be tempted. Now notice there are three things here, he says, with reference to your attitude in this matter. First, he says, restore this person. Now the process of restoration is quite different from the process that some people get themselves involved in. When some people see a Christian in trouble, they begin to avoid him, or they begin to slander him by talking about him uh, behind his back to other people, or they go over and say, aha, well, I told you so, or well, you finally got uh, what you deserved, or they kick him when he's down. None of those attitudes is the attitude of the Christian ought to have. Indeed, your attitude ought to be one that says the church needs this brother. The church needs this sister. The church is weak because this brother is weak. I need to restore this person so that he can come back and bear his part of the work, his load, as it says in verse 5. So <clears throat> restoring, the word restore here is the word that's used for mending a broken limb so that a limb, an arm that was useless because it was broken, when it's mended and restored, becomes useful again. And that's the whole idea. It's the idea of restoring a person to the place of usefulness in the church of Jesus Christ so that his life begins to count for Christ once again instead of being a waste on a shelf as it is now that he's all crushed under this load of sin. So your purpose is to restore him. The second thing is, is that you are to restore him in a spirit of gentleness. The word gentleness or meekness is the same word that's used in verse 23 of the last chapter, chapter 5 in Galatians, and that, we know, is part of the fruit of the Spirit. So you are to restore him in a spirit of gentleness. That means that instead of going over to him and saying to him, Ah, well, you've certainly got yourself in a mess, didn't you, Joe? Or going over to him and saying, Well, this is what uh, all that kind of thing leads to. And looking down on this person uh, and kind of talk, talking to him over the top of your nose, instead of that attitude... The spirit of gentleness would say, look, Joe, I'm no better than you are. It's only by the grace of God that I'm able to be here and to be of any help to you. I'm offering you all the help that I can, and I'm offering it realizing that next week I might need your help in some other kind of situation. Gentleness or meekness here means an attitude or a spirit, as Paul says, an attitude 
that approaches another person humbly, approaches him with the attitude that I'm no better than you. It's only by the grace of God that either one of us has anything to offer to one another to begin with. And so if you go in that spirit, no matter whether you know all the answers or whether you know all the right things to do or not, you can never go wrong if that really basically is your spirit. And then finally, he says, looking to yourself lest you to be tempted. You've got to watch out as you grab hold of a, a very uh, difficult situation. You could contaminate your own hands. You're to be like a nurse who is very careful when she works with a patient who has a disease that uh, might in some way be contagious. And so you need to be very careful about your own life. Far too often, counselors themselves have fallen into the very same sins as the counselee. Lord, help those today who know of another to begin right away to do something about those problems, to restore those others who are caught in sin, that they may come back to serve and carry their own load in the church of Jesus Christ. For we pray in his name. Amen.